What is the story, lads? How are you getting on? We've got a very, very special episode of the podcast today. This one is going out, especially for all the lads, ladies. You are more than welcome to listen to this one. I'm not going to stop you listening to it. It might be valuable. But this one's going specifically out to the lads. This is specifically for International Men's Day and for the month of November, November, which is all about men's health and our attitudes towards health, mental health, masculinity, all of that jazz. We all know that men have these unrealistic standards that they try and live up to regarding their emotions, not showing their emotions, being the rock, being big muscular cavemen that don't have feelings, but we all know that's not true. I'm joined by three lads from the Dundalk area, same as myself, Aaron Lally, Ryan Duffy and Andrew McGatton. Now, I'm going to let you get stuck into this chat without knowing too much about them. If you already know the lads, well and good. If not, it's not that big of a deal. I know you're all going to be huge fans of the boys after this, so I'll give you a little bit more details about them and what they do at the end of this podcast. But first, get yourself stuck in. If you're out for your walk, plug those earphones in nice and tight. Get walking. If you're sitting down chilling, kick your feet back and enjoy this conversation. How are you, boys? So I invited all of you here to have a wee chat because it's coming up to International Men's Day and the time that this will probably be posted will probably be either on the day or just slightly after the day. And we're just pulling up some stats there. I said these before, just before I started recording there, that the ratio of male to females when it comes to suicide rates in loud is eight to one. So for every female that commits suicide, there's eight lads, which is a pretty fucking crazy stat when you think about it. For us, especially from a, a, a small county as well, you wouldn't think the differences would be that stark. It's crazy. Um, that's obviously a very dark place to start it off on. Hopefully, it's gonna we're gonna be able to shed some light on some bright spots. Hopefully, but um, when it comes to like mental health and and that side of things, is there um, like what do, what does mental health mean to you lads? Like I know it's a term that gets thrown out there all the time. Um, some people think it just means that you're going and meditating and journaling and all that shit, but I think it means different things slightly for everyone. Um, so what's your thoughts on it, boys? Trying to keep your head straight, I think, is doing, trying to do things that keep you happy, if you know what I mean. So like you try, always try, I don't know how to phrase it, but like always try and do what makes you happy, not what you think you have to do kind of thing. And you look, I think anyway, you like always be in a good headspace but it's hard not necessarily easy to do that but if you're like if you're not happy up in your head you're never going to be happy if it's not right up there you know what I mean to be honest it's like a case of recognising your own personal energy that's how I kind of dis- describe like define it like mental to me is like it's, it's like to me personally it's managing energy and like I know sometimes if I do too much, I can I can get really down, or if, I, if I'm not doing enough, I can get down. Like it's I think it's a kind of to me it's 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 recognizing things within like my own little kind of subtle nuances and like how to balance them out and kind of manage them and keep them level as effective as I can. If that makes sense, like 
I don't see it as it as like to me of, of being like happy or sad like I think like you're always you, you will be happy and you will be sad at different times but I think it's to me it's a balance of energy and doing the right things for you when you're feeling certain ways mm. that's a good shout on the energy yeah the, uh, and like if I could give ask you an example with that for toxic imagine if you have a couple of weeks where you're not shooting anything and then you're kind of like you'd be down on yourself or hard on yourself for that and then alternatively, you might actually have like four days in a row that are really hectic, all for different people that you said yes, no problem to at the time because you wanted to say yes. And then you're realizing maybe the night before you're like, oh, Jesus, this is now, stre- it's nearly stressing me out that I have to go and do this much stuff now. So it's like about, like you were saying about finding a balance that's between those two positions, you know, or two situations of maybe, maybe being a bit prepared uh, in general, but also then to be able to like writing out a list in that situation was the biggest key thing that I've ever encountered to when you actually then just put it on paper, what you have to do instead of letting them be ideas in your head of all the things that you have to do. You realize how manageable it can be if you just take it like one, one thing at a time. Mm. Yeah, I think balance, balance is the, the thing that I like to look at as a balancing act. Like the right thing there. If you do, if not to just pick apart your point, Lally, this is not what, what we're doing, but if you just do what you enjoy all the time, even like I enjoy coaching, but if I coach way too much, I'm going to be fucking, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. I'm going to suffer mentally or if you're doing too much uh, photography or whatever it is, yeah. there's, always, there's always a limit you're going to reach. It's like a balance. I like to look at it as a balancing act between the things you enjoy and the things that you, you know you probably need to do. Yeah. There's a... There's a, I, I'm going to actually just Google the name of it because of Igaki, I-G-A-K-I. Oh, I-K-I-G-A-I. And it looks like a little Venn diagram. And it's a Japanese concept of the center point is like bliss. You know, so it's like, what do you love? What the world needs? What can you be paid for? And what are you good at? And if you can find something in the middle of that thing, uh, it's a very cool diagram and I'd recommend just like look at it and maybe align it with what you think that you should be doing. Cause like you said there, Darren, it's, if you do too much of anything, it, it burns you to the point of not wanting to do it at all. And maybe even, uh, losing an appreciation for it. hundred mm. percent. So uh, obviously we, we spoke about the, the, the work side of things or let's say our purpose side of things. So, uh, what other things would go into it? Like, um, apart from the, 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 the usual of like, you know, getting your exercise in, eating well, all that jazz, what other things would go into it then? I think like life events definitely like take a, a big part in ways that you might not find that they're affecting you like in the now. Like, like I was saying to you before we like reorganize this call, like prior to maybe 18 months ago, I thought I was bulletproof. I thought nothing could hurt me. And then a lot of things happened and a lot of things just crumbled around me. And then it started affecting me. It started having knock-on effects. Like, as I said, like, with, like the, when Twinkie passed, like, obviously, it's like, probably like, the worst thing that's ever happened in, in most of our lives. And it wasn't until the afterwards that, that I started noticing, like, effects. But, like, I couldn't pinpoint what was going on and why it was going on. Like, like I never had a panic attack in my life until Twinkie passed and I had like a couple within like short concessions of each other and didn't know what to wear. I didn't know what was going on. And then I got 
like my confidence was shot. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't do what I normally did to the best I could do it. And I, and I like, honestly, it, I didn't know why. And then I got very anxious. Like I couldn't be around a lot of people. Like I couldn't go to the marshes for months. Like, and I tried my best. I might go in and like, right, let's, like today's the day we're going to lip in and but I'd be afraid of bumping into people or someone bringing something up, you know, and I didn't realize how much of life, like life itself or life events can have that like knock on effect, like in, in your psyche, like, mm. and mm. I like, obviously like, it was like a fucking rough, rough, rough period, but like, thankfully like we got through the other end, but like, it was, it's something that I think that people should be aware of. Like I'm not claiming I'm an expert. I'm just saying what happened to me. It's just that like certain things can have massive knock on effects that you might not see for weeks or days or months down the line. And then all of a sudden you have to trace it back to this one event that really like triggered something off in you. And then dealing with that's a whole separate issue. Like mm. there, there was probably a period of time that you, you're probably these things were happen and you didn't really think like you, you just did by and show what, what was going on. Like, and it was probably all linked to the one thing. There was probably a number of little things like you said, the panic attacks and I'm sure like, and then going to not wanting to go to the marshes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's especially the, the what kind of kind of brought things full circle that made me realize, right? This is this is this is why it's happening. This is what's going on. And I say, I remember, I remember saying to the lads because like, I was so con- so confused by it and so taken back by it. it. Was like I was on my lunch break at work, and I go back in and I was in my office and I was eating my lunch, and then like something went off in my head like a gunshot. Like that's the way I felt. It just felt like something just like kicked me straight in the chest. And it was like a li- like I just relived like a highlight reel of like the previous six six eight weeks, and I was just seeing everything and like if experiencing everything again. And it was only for like a couple of seconds, and it's gone. But like you can only come back like sweating, your breath was gone, you didn't know what was going, so you were shaky. And that was probably like the biggest factor. Like right, this is what's going on. I kind of have to figure out like how did how do, how, do, how do we deal with this now, and how do we like kind of prevent this from happening and again. Mm. And like. To go into the even like the like the biggest thing I found like, to help with stuff like that was talking. Like I know it's so cliche, but like it is. It's genuine. Like I, I text the boys with lads this after happening. I'm feeling this way. Don't want to go out tonight. I don't want to do this. And let them know and just let them just even like if it's a couple of text messages. Like it did like help and it took a lot of the weight off your chest and like a, and and having people empathize with you as well like you, you like, like a lot of people are, would always be in the same same boat as you and feeling the same way as you but they might not express it and mm-hmm. i think when people start empathizing with each other that's like a, that's a massive help and it starts like like you'll get through together rather than rather than trying to figure it out on your own i think trying to figure things out on your own will only get you to a certain point yeah and like leaning on each other and leaning on your friends and talking to family like it's you don't realize how much of a fucking blessing it is until you actually need it like that was that was a point I was going to say as well like just when you're literally talking to people there was even there's one situation I was just sitting in my house with my mate John and we were only we were sitting there normally nothing really too much happening and we just kind of started talking it's I think it started off by talking about certain memories and stuff but then we kind of got deep into it and we had a full-blown conversation just I we kind of zend out because I can't I can't fully remember what we were talking about but it was such a clearing conversation in our heads. Both of us looked at each other after it. We didn't, we were like, I didn't realize I needed that talk. Do you know what I mean? And we just literally sat down and we were like, right. And that was the first time I realized like talking over stuff. I was like, mm. that just, it literally cleared the head so much. And didn't even realize I needed a talk. You know what I mean? And the two of us after it, we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, this is, 
talking is really, really, really good. Mm, and and knowing knowing you can talk to people as well, like like I think people are, some certain people could be afraid. They're like, oh, what are they going to think? But knowing there's always going to be someone to listen to you, always, always, and mm. no one's going to think any less of anything. Is I think that's such like a it's like a it's like a patriarchal stereotype amongst men, like especially mm. within Ireland. I find I I wanted to do uh, I wanted to do my masters on this actually, and I I pulled the plug on it just because like. Like just kind of life got in the way and started working, but I found that like that within Ireland, there's such a, like a patriarchal stereotype of masculinity, mm. and especially it's not so much in our generation. I find it with the older generations that like men are supposed to be strong, they're supposed to be, supposed to be the breadwinners, the protectors. They are supposed to provide for their families, provide for their girlfriends, wives, husbands, whatever it may be. They're supposed to be the strong. They're supposed to be the backbone of the family, and they're the ones that take the brunt of like emotional support they are the ones they are that are supposed to be leaned on mm. they are the ones that are not to show any emotion they're the, they're the fixers they are the providers they're the givers but there's nothing like if, if if men are all that like what do they have there to like they have you have to have your release as well and you have to you have to have an outlet to express your emotions and i like i just like, i could ramble on i don't want to ramble on no, 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 no. Like, there's, there's like, it, it, it's like it's like there's like just so there's like there's so there's so many like factors into it like like if you have that like, there's the, the, that the, the the patriarchy of masculinity when i don't like so like mm. rough rugged men out providers blue car workers out drinking pints exactly yeah, that, that's what it is like you're down at the pub you're doesn't even go home life. after work goes straight to the pub that's what it is. You had like you had your stereotypes. You're nine to five. You're out there. You're working with your hands. You're doing a tough job. You're laboring. You're doing stuff like that like, and then as things progressed, I don't think Ireland progressed. Emotionally, like there's the, the, like most of us like we do a lot of work behind computers. Like we don't have like we've like we've stressful days, but we don't have physically demanding jobs and stuff like that. Like um, and I don't think you seen as soft or you see that snowflake term thrown around. And I think that's another like thing as well. Like you're seeing like you're a snowflake, you're weak, and a lot of it filters down through like. Instagram, like you're like you're not, you're a snowflake. You can't have an opinion. Don't be like you can't say this, you can't say that, or someone's gonna jump on your neck. Or Jesus, you're a, you don't have a six pack. You're a wee skinny fella. Like sure, what do you like? Mm. What do you know? Like yeah, you don't have big flashy cars. You don't have you don't have your fucking Alexander McQueen runners. You don't have Gucci. You don't have all this shit. Like there's so many factors that feed into it that like that can take knocks out of men. Like that like uh, he's only wearing Air Max. He doesn't Alexander McQueen. He's not a he's not a real man. Like you know like he doesn't have the money to do that. Like. You know, it's it's stuff like that. that I think that had like massive knock-on effects to young men, especially within like an Irish context. Like, may, and probably like within like England and Europe as well. I don't see like too much of like the same shit going on in America, really. Like, I think it's uh, I I know that we're talking about uh, the social media side of things. I've never seen the social network, but I know a lot of people have uh, told me about it and said all the stuff that how like an algorithm. Basically, if you are if you are one of the people who are engaging with or arguing or commenting and stuff like that, it, it tracks how long you've paid attention to it. If it's like negative, Do you know, like it, it basically will then constantly give you that. And you hear a lot about the YouTube algorithm of like it will just keep repeating the same type of content and videos, and it's like. I've never read his books and I've only enjoyed listening to some of his thoughts on Joe Rogan, but a lot of people took great pleasure recently online in taking the piss out of and kicking Jordan Peterson. Mm. 
because they personally disagreed with his opinions and views. And that's okay. You can disagree with someone's views, but he didn't try to become that out of nowhere. He just was a guy who filmed his lectures and put it on YouTube and people started to like it. So he had like his life trajectory changed incredibly in the space of four years from being a well thought of local professor to an international star who has to travel around the world. And his family, he developed like a serious problem to, to painkillers and prescription tablets in America and like did nothing for a whole year. And his family are doing a series with him at the minute where he's back releasing content and talking about it openly and saying like, yeah, I was the guy who was telling you how to get your life in order and I could barely keep my own life in order. You know, so I do think that it's not to try and hang everything on what someone else is telling you that you should do. I think that you should try be open to, uh, like when you just said the the gunshot thing, Ryan. Like I was like, that's like it's very relatable because it's like pent up trauma from not grieving, do you know, or at that time because you're kind of shell shocked and continuing on uh, with the responsibilities that you had to keep continuing on with at that time, and it can just catch you at a tiny little moment where something then makes sense, do you know, and you realize, oh that's that's like the root cause do you know and i think that as silly as it might sound i think once you accept that or like no matter how shitty it makes you feel once you let that like flood over you it's manageable it's not nice from there on but it's it's more manageable you understand it absolutely yeah when that happened and then they get a couple of conversations with like a couple of the lads and, and stuff like that and then like i always say and like it's it's dramatic it sounds dramatic but i always say like one of the lads yeah, i was you saved me and all he said really goes, we were talking, and I don't even remember what I said. He just said, that's how I know you'll be okay. And I always think about that now when something bad happens. I goes, but I'll be okay. Like, there's a lot worse that could be going on. There's a lot worse happening. And that's kind of like how I deal with things. Like, like I'm, it's not that it's like a very stoic approach, uh, but like, it's like that there is a lot worse that could be happening to me personally right now. And I'm, I'll be okay. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll figure things out and stuff like that. So that's kind of always something I always say to myself that like, I'll be okay. Mm. Just kind of one thing I was keeping the back of my mind. Do you think that uh, bottling up of like, for example, if you're not knowing how to grieve or process bad shit happening, um, and then you kind of bottle up? Um, I know you said that our generation probably isn't as bad as the previous generation, but I I would still reckon that trickle down still would affect us. Uh, I know myself like uh, any time that I've been been the funerals uh, throughout throughout the years, like the, the big thing that we Irish people do is we go and get absolutely pissed. Uh, out of our heads and that's generally the first kind of port of call whenever it comes to that side of things uh not not that it's my area of expertise but i we all know that's probably not the best best way to deal with emotions directly after like obviously i'm not saying people shouldn't go drink afterwards but you know it's i i I would find it very hard to deal with things like that probably because of that like kind of history of that's how we grieve. We go and get pissed. We don't actually think about the feelings or, or sit with ourselves in that uncomfortableness. I, I just think on, I'm the last person to give a thought on that. But before you use our, you know it like, but uh, when I was talking about this exactly with someone older recently who lost his mum, he said that uh, like over, over the lockdown, wakes are a celebration to the people that are still alive. And it, it's not that they're celebrating the fact that they're still alive. They're celebrating the other person's life in as like social of a setting as well. So I don't, while I do think that the knock on effect or maybe what you're saying could happen, Darren, is that 
over the course of a defined period of time from something happening, you have to be able to switch off from that that type of thing. But for the from them going straight away after the funeral or to something like that, I think it's I do think it's a healthy distraction for the people who have maybe had to have three or four really uncomfortable days in a house with so many volume of people coming into them. And it's kind of like the first step back. It's not a step towards normality because it's never going to be normal again. And I really do believe after a loss, you're learning to, it's a new part of your life. It's living without that person. It's not trying to make yourself get back to how you were when that person was alive. You know, and they say that massively about parents in particular. Do you know, it's like, you'll never feel the same after one of your parents dies. It's about learning to, live in that new life because everyone will experience it at some point unless you are un- maybe unlucky enough to to go before your parent or something like that do you know so i don't know i i've I, i've always heard people enjoy wakes for that perspective do you know what i mean of just being able to to be around uh, an extended amount of friends and family mm. um and be able to maybe share good memories about the the person who's gone i think the wake part of it is actually it's quite quite unique. Like over here in the UK, they unique to Ireland, yeah. They don't have a wake, which I thought was crazy, and they don't bury their uh, dead for like two weeks. I'm like, this is dead odd. Um, and I I do like the wake process, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go for pints. I'd be the first man there, and I'd be the most pissed man there as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're probably right, and it is a good bit of escape escapism for like the immediate few days after. You do need a bit of escapism. I think like you know like awake there's like a lot of stories being told and you hear a lot of things you might not have heard before and I feel like I personally found great comfort in it as well like that like it's that like you weren't the only one that got to experience if it was your mother your brother your father like everyone has their own stories you never heard and you can you get this like interconnectivity with other people that like that you might not previously had and then like you're bonded with that person then for life because you you had this like shared experience like so I like there's mm. there is great comfort in it as well and I think as weird as it sounds to say like cherish that moment but like listen to the stories tell your stories and remember people for who they were and mm. and stuff like that so like and you get comfort from it as well like it's good for helping you realize that you're not alone in like really tough times there's always going to be people there yeah absolutely yeah so you can see people are grieving along with you like it's mm. the it's the weeks and days and months after that is the is 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 the, is the real tough part of times and, and stuff like that like so and then especially like with people if they've, if they have other stuff going on outside of maybe a death or or an illness or something like that like you know that all factors in and that's why i say like the, the energies and balances of life events and personal events and stuff like that it's a tricky one to to mitigate at times but like no one you'll never get it right mm. no do you like when it comes to mental health because obviously a traumatic experience might make you your mental health suffer for quite a while and it's that you have to kind of you have to get used to being with it without that person like andrew said but you also have to build up your own mental health do you think where what sort of stage in in life should should you think do you think we should be taught how to kind of look after our mental health and where should that happen like I think, it? I think from a young age, mm. from a young age, I think like self care is is very important, and I think it like it's a bit of a, like a buzzword at the minute. Like it's like almost like popular to be like to look and ask yourself, but like it should be a thing. It should be like a daily thing. It should be like a routine thing that you should be looking after yourself. It's like 
same as brushing your teeth before you go into bed. Like, you think you should be taught to... Yeah, routine. Mind, yeah, routine. Like, routinely mind yourself. And, like, like I had... I was in New York uh, probably about this time two years ago, and I was staying with a, a friend of my dad's from town, and he's a, he's a shaman. And Unreal. Yeah. Any ayahuasca? He's, he's, he's going to Peru to do it. And he, FBI, uh, FBI. Windows stop us but like he was, like, he was trying to like as a, like a couple of years ago, I thought I was like untouchable as far as like my, my self. But and I remember having this conversation, and it still always sticks out to me that like he was like, "Do you meditate?" I was like, "No," and I was like, "I always thought I was too busy minded to meditate." And he's like, "No," he's like, "He's like, he's like almost like pretty much calling me ridiculous." Like and he's like, "No," he goes like, "Meditation doesn't have to be sitting there like." Like a Zen Buddhist, like fucking humming and hand and lighting cans and incense. So he's like, just take ten minutes out of your day, just relax, think about things. He's like, he's like, I go to the church to do it. And I was like, I thought you. Were. I goes, I wouldn't pay you for a religious band. He's like, I'm not religious at all. He goes, just a nice quiet space. He was a church down the road from his apartment, and uh, just sat in the church. And it just goes down 10, 15 minutes every day after work, chills out before he goes home, and then nips on in. And uh, I thought that was class. It was just, I thought it was dead fascinating that like the, the way he explained it, like and broke it down. He's like, no, just take 10 minutes of your day or 15 minutes of your day, mm. whatever it may be, whatever you, whatever you want to do. And just, they're yours. Do what you want with them. Have any of um, tried meditation, lads? I tried, I, well, in the, in the traditional sense, I tried and just can't do it. Like, but I have my own little things there that I kind of nip on with and uh, kind of just help level, level the feel out for me at times. I've kind of zened out a few times if I have a cold bath I can control my breathing mm. I can't really do it when I'm sitting if I lie down in the bed just quiet if I can get some somewhere like as I say like in a cold bath and I can control my breathing I've gotten into a few really relaxed states do it for like 10 minutes but it's only been in certain times like that I can't really just sit still unless I'm in something like that uh, I've used headspace inconsistently in terms of uh, trying to follow the the meditations but only this week i had been recommended by somebody to look up guided meditations that uh i i don't know now if they're like audio clips that guide you along in the sense of headspace or i don't know if it's actually going to someone like as if you're going to a physio or, or a masseuse like for an hour and you do like a guided meditation but he had said that they have, had given him um great value but I, I think that you can get into a, a meditative state uh, as, as cliche as it is like exercising because if you're if in that hour period of exercising or cycling or walking or running if you are not actively and consciously thinking about the things that were bothering you then it's been a successful hour do you know you've kind of you've replaced good endorphins and adrenaline and stuff into your body and I think that those things are as important to be combating the, um, maybe the the self destructive or the negative thoughts that we can all have sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I started using that app Cam about two weeks ago. Uh, Dana start, had started using it, and just like fuck it, I'll hop in and do a wee meditation session with it one day. I don't know, I was just feeling extra zen or something, and I hopped in, did it, and I was like, this is actually a good wee buzz, and I felt great after. I got loads of work done, so I've been keeping it going for the last two weeks. I would have been the same as yourself, Duffy. I would have been like, nah, this isn't for me. My mind, I'm actually thinking more now that I'm sitting here trying to not think. 
you know. Yeah, they, I see, yeah, you, you go to where it's a turn and you just start taking out, I fuck, I have to, I have to edit. Random things. Or, yeah, I have to edit <laughs> photo. Where's my bear certificate? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> remember my PPS number. Yeah, that's something that you pop in, but like, I like, this is going to sound b- bizarre, but I probably don't know, like, I've gotten into like shooting lately, like, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, but like that, like, the way, the, that's the it, hour, it's meditation. The hour yeah. a week I go shooting, the phone stays off, I don't even listen to anything, it's just me, me and the gun, and not hitting the target, but we try my best to hit it. <laughs> and, like, said, I, I went field shooting last week for the first time in my life, and I didn't know how far the target was. I shot 100 bullets, didn't hit the target once. But I was the happiest man like, coming off that field. I was yeah. relaxed. I was soaked. Class. But I was chilled out. Like, it was just lovely. Like, out in the fields there. No one around. A couple of cows in the background. Happy out. Like, and like you said, like, you can find peace in anything. Yeah. And it's not about, like, you're, you're on about there. It's not about hitting the target there. It's about just getting lost in it, you know. I go down to the local park and play a bit of basketball. Like, I'm, I'm pretty muck, but, and I'm never going to be able to... The, well, that's a lie. I might be able to dunk. Dunk someday. coming. Dunk coming. The dunk is is coming, but I maybe right. thirty two. I'll probably be thirty two by the time I'm able to dunk. But I I find that being very meditative, going down there and missing twenty shots in a row, and yeah. you know, <laughs> it's it's just being in it. It's not succeeding in it. It's just doing it. It's like mm. the, I think that's the thing as well. Like you don't have to succeed in everything you do. Just no. Just do it. Just do it because you like it. Do it mm. because you want to. But uh, I once asked a fella how, how to dunk once, how he could dunk, and he told me to go a foot and a half. So, there we go. <laughs> what height <laughs> you? So, was, what height am I? Yeah. Six foot three. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I, say, I'd say a generous five nine. <laughs> taller than me. What are you, Lally? Five four. Five four. Yeah, around, around the same height as me. <laughs> I think I think I'm five five. Five four. I used to, I used to have a good jump. Used to, and then I found a lot of food, so I've an extra like twenty kg on my body now. Can't jump as high. There's an interesting one. Do you think food and what you eat affects your mental health much personally? Big time. I personally do. I've comfort eat before and it wasn't a good thing. And my weight has fluctuated. But I used to think, until then, I lost a bit of weight and I seen that how I would feel after eating a big takeaway. I used to think, oh, this is lovely, munching away and be like, that was unreal. And then, like, even just the next day, you feel like just, you're like a slob, kind of, especially if you eat a load of, like, takeaway. But then when I started going back to the gym and eating healthy and then I was getting, like, maybe once a week and then I was like, geez, how was I feeling like this getting, like, after, the way I felt after one takeaway, I was like, I was getting three or four days a week. And like just feeling like just really heavy on myself and not, I don't know. It just, I think it went back to comfort eating just for something mm. and it wasn't good. I don't think it was good for my head. I would have been the same. Um, I would have been, when I was younger, I was a little bit more chubbish, hence the name Pig came along. And I would still like, there over lockdown, I think it was the first lockdown, I, was, I wasn't walking. I'd been doing 30 hours in person and I was just walking from home aka doing nothing for the first two weeks um and i just munching absolute life for myself i felt myself getting back into that um but you're right when you're doing it like eating it four times a week and then you stop you're like what the fuck was i at myself i feel muck after eating it once um but i almost find it the guilt for me that does it for me i'd be feeling guilty then for eating and then i'd feel shit and it's almost like a cycle then i don't think i've ever 
eaten well enough consistently enough to know what it might even <laughs> feel like to eat good food like that I think I've just I've always uh, I've always had excuses to myself that once I started to feel my metabolism going down uh, that uh, that would be the time to start eating better uh, people for years have been telling me to diet for competitions and to cut down to 64 kilos to be able to like feel like the, the enjoyment process of being strict on a diet and making a weight and stuff like that would have a good knock-on effect but I just have gotten away with not uh, not putting on like from the shit that I eat do you know what I mean I don't know if it's the training and stuff like that but uh, I'm I've felt more guilty in the last two weeks for consuming something bad than I think I've ever done and it was because I had to isolate for two weeks and I missed two weeks of training and missed two weeks of being there and it just even through talking to yourself uh, the last time we were chatting it was like this is now the time to take stock of what you were previously doing and how you can do it better when you're given the opportunity because something like being told to isolate for two weeks is like it, it it seems not fair do you know to not be able to continue doing what it is that you want to be doing so it's like a really good time to to take stock of it so hopefully make a few meals this week and not drink as much cans of coke sure you're, only- you're having your acai bowls all the time you're not on the way a load, of them, a load of them coming from the UK this week. I was going to say, I've only, whenever I've been training, that's when I've only really felt most guilty when I've like been eating. But then as soon as I stopped training and you'd go back into that eating habit, I'd feel, I'd feel myself gradually less and less and less being like, oh, it's grand. You know what I mean? But I think you need to get into, exercise is a great thing for your head. Really good. The Duff Man, the Duff Man, tell us all about your... <laughs> The, the Duff man has loves going on a treadmill, getting that like yeah. Ivan Drago height, you know, and yeah. just on it for what is it, 50 minutes? Ah, uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I explained this to you. When you ask me, I was like, well, I don't know, that was a weird question. I asked you why. why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love incline walking. And especially since I've kind of retired from all strenuous activities, the incline walking's been great. But I've always done it, like for years, I've done it. And just stick the treadmill up. I don't even like, don't really warm up, which you probably should. But stick, just stick it up the hills. Uh, how you should go. And on a steady pace, just stick the headphones in. But you always just find you kind of get into like, just you get into the rhythm of the treadmill. And then you get into like yourself and you kind of just get lost in your own head for 40, 50 minutes. And uh, yeah, it's grand. It's class for weight loss, but uh, even better for yourself. Like, and you stick out a podcast or I don't know, something lo fi hip hop or something like that. And you kind of just plow on. Like, I've always done it. Like, it's like you're on an adventure walking is, up a hill or something like that like, yeah. but that's what you always said to the boys like on way up the mountains oh just call it the mountains and uh, <laughs> and it's, i think it's something that, obviously don't get me wrong some days it's shite and you're you couldn't be arsed doing it and you'd be battered but you always feel better for doing it after like mm. and uh yeah i don't know try it it's class i can't explain it like some people hate it but i love it just i can't walk in the treadmill i actually I would. I like going for walks. I if I'm going for a walk, I like getting out in nature. I find nature helps me with the head a lot. Um, and I, it's funny. I picked the fucking city to live in, which is like definitely not loads of nature around. Um, no mountains or nothing that around. But even getting out to a local park, I find fucking gets my head all right. Um, do you find nature helps, lads? I think we criminally underuse Ravensdale. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Or maybe that's actually an ignorant point as someone who doesn't go there and maybe loads of people do use it actively. But like, uh, in, in my opinion, like to think that we have 
to think that we have Ravensdale just as two examples to think that we have and a load of people are doing it now over the last lockdown which is great uh, cold water therapy cold water swimming and say going to Ravensdale the fact that we actually have both of those things very central and close to Dundalk is a big benefit is a big un, untold benefit I think and would like to start taking more more advantage of like just what like going for a dander around Ravensdale you know? there's even something small about like just going up for a hike up Ravensdale even if you go up uh, the mountain in Carlingford or whatever like they're not that big but you have a goal you're setting yourself if you know what I mean mm. and then you get to the top and you know you've achieved something I think that's like even just a feeling of something small can be anything but better than say just going for a walk I know if you get out for a walk every day and you still might feel kind of the same but when you know you've you've a goal to get and I have to get to the top here you know that sort of way mm. and even though it's fucking never really sunny in Ireland you do get a bit more vitamin D being out of the house and if you're going for a wee walk getting up getting up the fucking top of the mountains you'll get that vitamin D and that's going to make you feel a wee bit better on yourself as well I had to throw in my hashtag training science at some stage <laughs> I, I actually want to ask you a training question but it's just about per, how when, you're, when we're talking about how exercise can make you feel better so take Ryan walking for an hour at his pace versus mm. someone doing interval training do you have you ever experienced or do you think that like the feeling of blowing yourself out to like puking exhaustion. Do you know, like I use my mate, uh, Connell Cooney as an example, who's a sow of a man and yeah. started doing CrossFit before he moved away to Canada. And he said it was the hardest possible training that he had ever done. And he had always thought that he was somewhat fit, Do you know, but it's cause he went up to your man, uh, Mickey, Mickey Smith up in Camilla or Bassbrook, who was doing the CrossFit games that time. And he's like, I think maybe the 19th fittest person that year who did it. Like, so it's like, do you think that there is, is it just any exercise is good for the brain? Or do you think that certain type of exercises fire off things to the brain to help more? So you've heard of runner's high, you know, that's, that's probably the most common delirium. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is supposed to be the strongest, uh, kind of after exercise sort of buzz that you get. Um, and, with the higher high intensity stuff that gives off that similar buzz as well. Um, walking doesn't give it off as much as you would get in the high intensity stuff. Now, walking's good for other reasons because it's low impact and all of that jazz. Uh, high intensity is the opposite; it's high impact. So you, you know, could walk every day. You couldn't do the other stuff every day. You could. Unless you were but then mad, you but... get to a stage and you're going to be in bits for yeah. most of us. Uh, I would say having a good mix of all of that. Um, because in that specific case with high intensity stuff, um, if you compare that to yoga or meditation for the head, I would say that meditation and yoga would probably be better more often than not because with the high intensity stuff, you do add more stress to the head and the body by going high intensity. You do feel better, but that's just the chemicals that get released in your head right after training, you know. There's nice to be balanced with that. I didn't expect to have to answer these training questions, lads. Come on, fuck. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not working today. <laughs> and how many grams of protein should I be getting today? Fuck yourself. Do you talk to your mates if you're not feeling great mentally? Me? Uh, yes, yeah, some of them. Yeah, well, mostly, like, all of them, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, I didn't let the boys know, like... Um, I'm not having a good day or like uh, not feeling this today or whatever like but uh, yeah I, I'm pretty like I, I'd be pretty I'd be an open book anyway like 
Mm. I don't think I like even if I tried my best, I couldn't hide my feelings. Like I couldn't. I just can't. Where same feelings. as myself. Yeah, it just you'll know without saying, and you'll know. And like Aaron and I have gone for some lovely walks over the last couple of years. We have. Yeah, they've always been great. Nice there and calming, soothing for the head. Stephen left us. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> uh, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> See, you're you great. Say that, like, would you would you talk to your mates? I think it's like it's equally important to check in on your mates. Yeah. As well. Yeah. As, like, like you might not, you might not know, you might know one of the boys isn't feeling great, and like a lot of people wouldn't say it, and you're afraid of embarrassing them and stuff like that. And but it's very important if you just drop them a, a snaky message in the slide down, like, look, I can. Think something's off, yeah, right? And all you have to say is like, yeah, I'm good, I'm cool, yeah. Like, oh, mm. whatever. Like, like, but that made that make a big difference to someday. Like, you know, you got to be check up taxi. That could switch your whole mood. Like, mm. yeah. yeah, like thinking worst case scenario. Going back to the point they made at the start, like lads, uh, the the rate of suicide with lads is crazy higher. Um, and not that like every time that your mates feeling bad that that's going to be a thought in their head, but you don't know, you literally do not fucking know what the story is with uh, people or what's going on in their head or how bad things are. Uh, so a small wee check-in can really make a big fucking difference. Yeah, you, definitely. You said empathy at the start as well, Ryan, and I think that's actually the, the number one thing that a lot of people could uh, take on. You know, like if you just try and put yourself in someone else's shoes and it's like we've only ever viewed the world through our own perspective. You know, so if you can appreciate that Jesus, how is that person actually feeling now after this happening to them? I think it kind of, it gives a, a greater sense of compassion, you know, and maybe in how to deal with it or how to approach it or how to speak to them about it. And maybe even sometimes the, the best thing is not saying like, here, do you want to talk about something? It's here, just so you know, if you want to talk about anything, do you know what I mean? You can, you can get on to me. And more often than not, I think people would, would take up on that. Do you know what I mean? And and you, you're usually mad surprised about some of the conversations that you do end up having with people just after the initial like dialogue is, is started. Like Absolutely, yeah. And especially it's little things like even like you did it for me last year, like you're like, Do you want to just come around to the gym and take some photos? Remember that? I was like, No, it was probably probably about this time last year. Yeah. And uh, just after all, but like that helped me like that was a massive thing for me because like I was like, Well, you have to kind of not get on with things, but this is just gonna I'm gonna be doing something I like and then I think we took a couple of photos and we sat in the sat in the mats and talked for fucking two hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just a distraction, like, do you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And it was a welcome distraction. Like, things like that, people will take with open arms, even if like, they're feeling pretty low. Like so. I think people get afraid that they think they need to know the right thing to say when there's something up with yeah. their mates. And sometimes it's just a case of being there. You don't even have to fucking say it. And sometimes. Just listening to what, just hearing what they have to say. <laughs> That can be really big for someone. You don't even have to give them too much advice. Just literally hearing what they have to say. Yeah, and it's even the the relief of, I know you had mentioned journaling earlier on, but the relief of it being out in the universe. Do you know, it's like, and it's not, I don't mean that out in the universe is in like an everybody knows, but the fact that this, whatever is bothering you has gone from an internal discussion that's been taking place between you and your brain and now you verbalized it to somebody else. And even getting over that bridge, like even getting over that thing is what generally releases the person into feeling better about it because they've normalized the process now or they've told somebody told somebody that they were feeling that way. And I think that that can be the, uh, like, that can be the most beneficial thing because even if they don't give you an immediate solution, 
they're more likely to then I and you I don't mean they're more likely to check in on you, but you know, someone someone understands to an extent. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to previously it was just you repeating the same scenario in your head. Mm. With um with mental health, one thing I've noticed that especially like social media, you know, when certain things come out, um people are very quick to forget about mental health when it's uh but somebody that's maybe they don't really care about or like a celebrity or anything like that. Um, do you think that's gotten worse since social media has come around or do you think that's just kind of where it was? It just gives people a platform to say what they want, but no one knows who they are type of thing. And they don't, they don't realize that words hurt or not necessarily hurt, but that have meaning behind the keyboard. Like, and it's just, it just gives them a free reign to do it, which is, I think it's insane. With the thing is, like, if you're like, if you're still giving someone dogs abuse on social media, there's no immediate repercussions, mm. and I think that's why there's no, there's no fear element. Like, 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 Mary from up the road isn't gonna like come call me a shy footballer to my face because <laughs> I'm because I might because you, you'll bite back. But so what if someone calls you like like if someone like a, say a fucking Jack Reilly, she gets dogs abuse from everyone. Mm. So say like, oh, Jack Reilly, you're shy. Then he just turned around and be like, "All right, yeah, but like I'm a professional footballer, that's all right." Like, he, like and that's like he just fuck you off that way. But if you turn around to fucking someone day after the key and like you're fucking shite, you might get a thump. And like, so you you might not say it. Like, so there's that no immediate repercussions in the digital space, and I think that gives people false security that they can go and just give everyone dogs abuse and nothing's going to happen out of it really. And like, there's no repercussions from your end, realistically. Mm. I think that the Maybe it, it sounds dramatic, like that it is, it is a huge problem. But I think the solution is that the social media companies need to be held accountable in a sense and or uh, ways how they can be used more safely. So like Twitter already has everyone's information. The only purpose that you don't want to give them your actual information is to remain anonymous. In which case, you can still view their website anyway. You just can't contribute. So I think everyone should be able to view it. But I think if you want an account, you need to prove ID or identification or PPS or something to the social media company that's owning it. Mm -hmm. So that even if you do have a, 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 a fake name, if you abuse someone, like it can be investigated and you can be followed up on and you're not faceless from that point on. Mm. and I think that maybe something like that might seem like mad drastic and oh, that'd never work. I'm not giving Mark Zuckerberg my ID. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. And I agree, fuck Mark Zuckerberg. But at the same time, we grew up with this social media. This technology came and like technological advancements ran over the space of 10 years and became unrecognizable for, from what it was in only in the space of 10 years. If you think MySpace, Bebo, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like the the progression has been scandalous in terms of what it now is, and you see people giving off about being banned from Facebook. I'm banned from Facebook. I'm deplatformed. This is disgraceful. This is my life's work, and it's like it is, but it's a private company, and you've chose to enter into their terms of agreement. It's not a it's not a human right to have a Facebook account or access so that your thoughts can be heard on social media. Free speech. I have like, the right to free speech. No, like, I'm sorry, not on a private social media company that makes 
billions every year. Do you know? And it's like, unfortunately, the world has been tricked into now. That's the that's the platform. Do you know? That's the that's the messaging board. That's the thing. Do you know? And it's so huge and it's so powerful now that it's it. I I I would I would recommend like it's the number one key to to mental health uh, improvement. Do you know? Like is to be be present in your real world. Be present with the people who you are around every single day or whatever you're doing, whether that's your job or your profession or your passion, like take that in and let that matter. Don't let anything else matter that you may scroll past and consume on a brief moment. Like it's, I don't know. I don't want, maybe someone create a new social media. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, what's left, but I do think there's real worry about it now. Now, speaking about empathy that you're on about earlier, I find that social media is a way for people to lose that empathy altogether because yeah. they're getting triggered by people that they don't like, that they still follow, that they check their story all the time just to have a wee sneaky wee goo at. Um, and that's fucking up their empathy. And then also, as soon as somebody says something possibly negative to them, then they're fucking lit as well. And I just... I. I it's it's a fucking conflict of interest they are <laughs> just a quick example there business accounts on facebook business accounts for personal pages just so you can see more insights into your things like who's sending your story on to other people who's doing this who's doing that sure way like i i had one for about two weeks at a time when i was still working and i was like no that's actually i don't need to see this you know i definitely don't need to see this the stuff I put up is stupid enough to begin with, and it makes me laugh. I definitely don't need to see how many times it's been like X, Y, or Z. Do you know, like nobody needs those sort of analytics into their lives. Nobody. But that's the thing. Like I think with social media, people attach like unrealistic values to things that actually don't exist. Like and it goes back from like, like as you said, it goes back to like fucking Beeble with MySpace days. Like you're not my wall on fucking MySpace, or like you're you already determined. Like the six people are there, or like. Andrew didn't give me his love this morning on Bebo. Like, why? Like, what, what's the like that? Or, like, see people like deleting posts on Instagram that don't have like more than 100 likes or something. So, like, it goes into like a different icon or something like that. And, like, it's like things that actually don't matter because if these things like disappeared today, like, you're still, you're still, you. yeah, you're still you. And, like, oh no, like, your 100 photos on Instagram are gone, but, like, who cares? Like, the likes don't matter. The likes don't add anything. The, the comments don't add anything. And it's just like, like, you're, determining yourself for based off of digital numbers and stuff like that like oh like mm. oh mary mary up there couldn't do the new tiktok dance what a gimp she is like you know like doesn't matter like you know what i mean like that like that's like i always say social media is it's so important but it's probably the most unimportant thing as well mm. it's like you have to like use it for the the right reasons and like not set values and like as you can see, like well, a lot of people would see shit like like I have two social media accounts. Like he's you no, know, I just take the piss massively on the other one, and but then like I have my like, my business one as well, which I like. Not that I take that serious, but like I'm conscious of what I post in that one. Like so, you have to find again balance. Balance. Yeah, life That's is right. about balance. It is indeed. Uh, when it when it comes to mental health, apart from social media side things, is there anything else that you think we're kind of getting wrong or that we need to change? Yeah. Oh, go on. No, no, no. I was gonna say, like, I think, like, it's there's a lot, like, there's a lot of like self-destructive behavior amongst the like a lot of young, like a lot amongst like everyone. Like, I always say young people, but like, I I am a young person. I think so. Like, I kind of like look out for my own, but like, 
with the Cubs say like over drinking, overeating, drugs. Like I'm guilty for not exercising a lot, uh, but like not exercising and, and not doing things that make you happy, but like things that like just take you away from your happiness, just take you away from everything in general. I think there's a lot too much time given to self-destructive behavior. And I think like it, with minor changes in a lot of people's I say, and like I'm not saying I'm an expert here, and like I honestly have a, I have a lot to work on myself, but like I like I do recognize that these little changes need to come and they are happening. But I think just self-destructive behavior is a massive thing. Like I don't think anyone has ever really successfully decided one morning I'm not doing X again, and then they never do it again. Yeah. And like you're saying there, you you have to stack up tiny wins yeah. that make the the thing that you actually want to change seem really easy by the time you get to it do you know so by this book it's all about the the easy wins have you ever read that one no no but i i'm gonna start reading again so i'll write that down it sounds exactly like something that your man who wrote the book would say so that's why i thought i'd bring it over it's actually my pen name but that's me you, you said to me once you said little battles win the war Absolutely. Once and I always yeah. think about that. Little battles win the war. And it's so simple, but it just, like we feel like we need to have a perfect situation or perfect circumstances to do things when something half hours is better than nothing. You know, mm-hmm. I find it here what works. Sometimes I'm like, right, oh no, I need to make a video here in the gaff, but oh, the housemates are around, so I'm not going to bother. If I got half of that video fucking recorded, mm-hmm. it would be a lot easier the next time when I go around to do it, but it, it, then I just not bother for starting it, you know. That's a silly example, but we do it with Everton, with exercise. Mm. If I don't feel 100% motivated today, I'm not going to go and train, you know. You never get yeah. the perfect circumstances for it. Yeah. I, 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 I hand over heart, I'm the number one culprit for that. I, like, I, I'm, a shit, <laughs> I'm a shithead for come to, like, when it comes to like doing things I don't want to do. Like, cause I'm, I'm just that stubborn that like don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. And that's yeah. that. Like, and like, yeah, obviously, you have to overcome that. Like, there's obviously there's always going to be shit you don't want to do, but like... I mean, even when it comes to exercise, like Pig, you know this firsthand. I am a tramp for like not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, look, we it's for, just exercise is, is that's the case for you. For me, it's there's things. Everybody is something that we we know we should do, but we don't do it. You just uh, procrastinate the whole time. Biggest yeah. procrastinator, putting things off the whole time. Just silly. When, Phone uh, calls is another one. I remember from when I was working, it was like you'd be talking to a lot of people who you wouldn't know directly. So then it's so weird that like there's such an emphasis on a professional capacity of people communicating through email and WhatsApp or like emails with everyone in them, you know, so it's as if it's trying to like, I read something about someone like being, trying to be done in by a supervisor, you know, through an email thread and then they come back and it was like, that's like a really net, like a bad way to, to think. Like, do you know, like text messaging wasn't invented for that purpose, do you know? And you always find resolution through genuine communication, do you know, like through actual a conversation or a phone call or, or face-to-face. But for some reason, phone calls have just seemed mad daunting the mm. last two years. Like I, I, I've definitely, maybe it's because it's three ringing, looking for a bill sometimes, but <laughs> like if I don't have the number saved, I assume they're going to text me after they've got my number for calling me, you know, and then you just get back to them, you know, but Jesus, I, I'd ignore a phone call now if I didn't recognize the number. Mm. 
and text text like an emails it's it's really hard to get it to take people like to get what people's uh, intentions are from an email or a text like you know you don't see the facial features whenever they're talking yeah. you, you don't hear the the pitch and the voice change and this is why i like sending voice notes i think oh uh, i think voice notes are like better than text in that sense but it's still not the same um because you're used to having a two-way dialogue when you're normally verbalizing you know yeah. so it's like you might say something it's like call and response as opposed to like maybe covering four or five topics and then talking back about four or five topics mm. you know like it's just that i don't I like i i don't know what the what the solution is but i suppose just find what works for you do you know like in that if you're in a if you're listening to that and you think oh jesus i i do that as well sometimes it's like uh <laughs> Ring up local takeaways in different co- in different counties that you know that you're not going to go, but just inquire about their menu, you know, and just say, oh, well, and now Wendy's open. <laughs> just, I don't actually do that. No, no. There's I a lot of people that are afraid to, afraid to call. Yeah, like, no, like that's, I'm people. making a joke about ourselves. Like my sister rings in every takeaway, you know, like I, we do, like me and my brother do not ring takeaways in. Ruth has to ring everything in and it's just like, uh, why? And it's like, no, just not ringing it. Do you know, <laughs> it's like not doing it. <laughs> Or if I people say like you get a delivery guy, like people don't like going to the door. They don't like having to interact with like a person at the door. Or that, yeah. I I have to collect every Domino's, but I never ring the Domino's. You know, I don't mind going out to the gate, but I don't. I I won't ring it or order. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? <laughs> We're fucking mad, aren't we? Uh, people. He's are. crazy. Small victories. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next next time I'm talking to you, McGatton, I want to hear that it's called up a few fucking takeaways. Oh no! I sure I won't be eating takeaways. Why would I be ringing a takeaway? I say e-bowls, man. But you can get yeah, you can get like something Just tasty listen. from one of the nice places in town. You know, not one of the takeaway places. Let's say. No, yeah, you can get healthy. Yeah. No, no, no. There's I. I'm not saying that there's not healthy, but I do. Uh, I, I do. I I have got over that more recently, and I go to Baker and Spice. Baker and Spice is the best takeaway in Dundalk at the minute. That's I'm just. What I'm is, just. Uh, I'm just. Uh, that's you know, do you agree with me? Nope. No, Ryan, what did you say that's an unbelievable get, claim? That's unbelievable. I had it on Friday. What did you get? I I got the mixed kebab tray. No, oh, yes. Their kebabs are lovely. I, Where is I, this place? Okay. Where Jackie's used to be. Yeah, oh, in the square. Last time they've I never... They've, listen, the two boys in it are very sound. They've never opened the front of their restaurant yet because they opened during the pandemic. And this is just how, like, in my opinion, how, why they've... Maybe I'm biased. Like maybe there are better places. I just don't try them. Do you know? But it's the Isle they of France, surely. Top no, no. They used, like, <laughs> like Cairns. Cairns is great as well. Do you know? Everywhere has their own benefits. But why this place is so good is they used to be the chefs out in Fitzpatrick's, and they do a goujon box. So you get oh, four wow. goujons and chips in a snack box box for five fifty. And the goujons. No, listen. This is get worse. The goujons are nine or ten euro goujons. Like they're restaurant goujons. You know, the batter on them is yes. The bat like top shelf, you're right. Top elite, elite level goujons is what I'd even say. And the the batter sometimes falls off them. They're unreal and the chips are lovely. So it's like getting a one piece box, but instead of getting one piece of southern fried chicken, you're getting four amazing goujons that you'd that you'd spend twelve fifty for to be served on a plate. So I, yeah. it is top notch, but I, I I disagree that would be the best in town now. Well, all I get there is the same thing. So if anyone else has a different Goujon box, um, I'd I'd I tell you, right. I'm gonna make the boldest statement I wanna ever make. 
<laughs> you can quote me, right? The Sizzler checkerburger out there is the nicest checkerburger I've ever had in Ireland. Oh, is oh. it? Is it like a chicken fillet burger? Or like, yeah, yeah, my my mate got it. It's like, chicken burgers are nice. The only way I've never tried that it, one. It's a traditional chip shop chicken fillet burger, but with like an Indian twist on it. Oh, it's unbelievable because the boys were all taught like him like building it up, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I want to get one." They, they went wrong. They have the most. I think they have the most reviews out of anyone on Just Eat, and the fact that they only opened during the lockdown, and they have all of these reviews show that like it's good that people are just ordering it online. They have uh, fast deliveries; you can just collect it in the car park. It's like I think that's what it is. Like people are just they were happy to throw the five stars. We What's the name of it? <laughs> what? Baker and Spice. Baker, Baker and Spice. And right. spice. Uh, bacon and spice, I'm fucking hitting you the day I get home for Christmas, bye. I'm getting one tonight. No one, no one's going to stop. No, yeah, I, I might I, have to get I, one I, now and try, I might, try, yeah. try that box. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the goujons, a four-piece goujon box with chips. There you go. If you go to Baker and Spice, get your four-piece goujon box. It's good for the mental health. Good for yeah. the belly. And if, it's a, and if you say it's shit, you'll get a four-piece with a soda in the side. Absolutely. <laughs> just the one, the one, one thing that I just wanted—we uh, were nearly talking about it a minute ago—but uh, people often spend a lot of time giving off about the mental health services in the country, or just mental health services in the country. And I think that communication is the main solution here, because if you have it a regular GP, like. I, when I had to look or seek it out a couple of years ago, it, it came through a conversation with my GP. Do you know? So my number one thing would to, to be to say is that if anyone is feeling like routinely terrible, it's not about having to just find a counselor or find someone and then contact them and start going to them. Go to your GP and talk to your GP about how you're feeling or how your mood's been. They might even send you for bloods and stuff like that just to make sure everything is actually uh, all good. But through that, like I got recommended to someone that I got great benefit off, like going to for like two or, two or so years, and I think that th- there is more of a stigma being reduced around that thing. Do you know, like there's very much a, it's okay to talk, it's okay to whatever, but it's also okay to go and seek professional help, <laughs> and it's 100%. also okay. Like I personally was recommended it, and it may be an option in future, but I made a decision that. I don't want to take some sort of medicine, do you know, like some sort of mood enhancer or relaxer or different things like that after a conversation with my doctor and through like thinking situations out or even lightly that CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which helps you de- deconstruct and make light of situations. Then like you can avoid having to take those things, but we know nothing about our own brains. Like mm. we know how to be humans and function and stuff like that, but it takes people years and years to study the brains. Everyone's brain is different. So put, everyone is going there. We know how to behave like humans in our own society. We don't know how to behave, let's say as humans, you know, that's, that's one thing I yeah. would take out of that. And our society dictates how we actually act and behave yeah. and interact. But I just think that that like, there is no, sh- I, I know people who take them. There is no shame in having to take uh, serotonin or I, mean, I can't think of the name and stuff like that. Serotonin but, is it? No, serotonin is the thing that you get released, but it's known as like SSRIs. That's, I think that's what they're, they're shortened for. But um, all like, 
and you don't actually realize how many people have like felt this way at times. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not a thing that everyone, it needs to be a, a, a big social media trend or a movement where everyone starts doing something, but like this is for you and you alone. And it's not for the people that follow you on social media. Like it's for you to feel better about yourself. So just contact your GP or go and start talking to someone because like they're the two biggest, like the self care thing isn't just sitting down watching Netflix and eating a load of Maltesers that night. Like it sometimes it can be having a challenging conversation with someone that digs deep into something that happened to you. And it's not nice at the start, but it is worth it. You know, it's valuable. I'm 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 gonna have to add my two cents on the Netflix and, and the eating. No, it's allowed. Sorry. I know, I know. It's, it's, no, 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 no. Yeah. It is allowed, but I think that's that and going for a nice bubble bath and that gets prioritized uh too much because there's a point where like for if you don't have serious uh mental health uh issues or problems or you you, you don't feel like let's say that bad it's Ooh. insulting to someone who might be reading it who's crippled in their bed and it's like oh exactly. just self-care guys have a bath have a shower watch your favorite show on netflix it's like sorry i've actually been crying for four hours straight and i can't get out of my bed but yeah. thanks very much for your suggestion yeah do you know so- it's that like when you get to the if you're at that stage and it is you do need to go out and get get in touch with somebody with, with counselling and whatever it is and I I think there's been an up massive rise in people getting counselling now this this year of, of course because of fucking all this shit that we've uh, and fair play to them through. and fair play to every one of them mm. that's I the, that's the main thing like encourage it like and shout it from the roof like go yeah. and do it absolutely I I think more people should go and do it and it should be normalised more I know if you said that to somebody ten years ago. Or even whenever we were going up, if you said you're going counselling, they'd be like, "What's wrong with you? Are you a lunatic? Like that fella's a psycho or whatever." You know, he needs to go and talk to somebody, uh, a counsellor. But there's nothing wrong with it. There, these people that are fucking literally the study to be able to help people through issues like that. They're not like yeah. it's not a, a weakness. There's no no weakness about it. Nope. Lovely boys. I know where uh, Duffy. You have to tip on. You said yeah. four o'clock, but it's four twenty. Um. But we'll, I leave, we'll, you, I'll leave you with my last bit of wisdom that I was going to say though. Let's go. That I think well, I think it's very important. Well, it's very important to me is having a purpose. And I feel like a lot of people get lost and they don't know what they want to do with themselves. So there's a lot of pressure on to get that office job, get that nine to five, get the house, get the car, get the wife, have the kids and all that. Or people like like even like even I always used to get slimed because I always had cameras and I always like wanted to do like stuff like that you know like and there's things but I think finding your purpose and finding what gives you the most fulfillment in your life I think that's very very important and I would highly recommend people trying to reflect on like what they're good at what what, what they enjoy and like and go after that and pursue it and I know that gives me like a lot of a lot of comfort it gives me a lot of peace like I'm happy like here in my little bubble I have my computer here I can crack on a Photoshop or Lightroom or I can edit my website and stuff like that. And I love doing that. I genuinely love doing that. Like I'll sit here for hours, even like I, I do my nine to five and I'm still walking home and then I'll crack on to whatever and work on my stuff. And not because I have to, it's because I want to and I enjoy it. And I, I know tomorrow I'll wake up. Like there's no days I dread getting up going, oh no, I have to, I have to sit in Photoshop all day or I have to mm-hmm. edit these videos all day. And that's my purpose that's what I want to do and I know I'll always do that and there's no one there's not a person alive that would stop me from doing what I want to do and I'm very proud that I can say that and I think people should find that 
and there's a quote that I always that not that I live by, but it's always something in the back of my mind, and I always try and adhere by it. It's to be willing to sacrifice at any moment who you are for who you could be. Mm. Yeah, boy. And, and it's a bit of a fucking head melt of a one, but like in the short term, it's like be willing to do what what you want now to be the person that you want to be. Mm. So. And the ones I always say, it's easy to go for that 5k run on a Wednesday night when there's nothing happening. No one's down the pub, no one's out doing fuck all the weekend, but it's a lot harder to do that on a Saturday night when people are out and having a few drinks, the lads are having the crack. But sacrifice now for the person that you want to be. And that's always I always try to do. Delayed gratification, baby. Yeah. Delayed modification. potential. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I always say, yeah. Stick your hour in in the evening for what you want to do. And those hours build up. They fucking do. And I think four of us are probably, well, we are, we are four people that kind of, I would say that we don't really give a fuck about what other people think about us to a certain degree because we wouldn't be doing the things that we do now. Otherwise, we all care about what other people think at some stage, like more than not. But I think that is a big thing that holds people back from finding their purpose or whatever it is because they, they want to get the job that mommy or daddy would be happy for them to get in with. Or oh, what are the lads doing, you know? He's right. Like, no, you're like, you're dead right. And it's like, and I'd even say that we're all at varying stages. And the one thing that you notice most is the dips and the plateaus. Do you know, like you might be, even if it is the thing that you're focused on and wanting to, wanting to be doing, it's, it's not always going to be like a good trajectory. Do you know what I mean? You could have, uh, it's never gonna whether, be easy. yeah, yeah. Do you know, you just have to keep going with it. Do you know, it goes up and down. But as long as you stick to that path, you know, of finding that thing, like people, people right, rightfully or wrongly would think I was a gobshite for hemor- like hemorrhaging some opportunities that I've had, but they don't understand how training or competing makes me feel personally. And that's not on them to understand. And it's also not on me to explain. Mm. So I, I think that's the one thing that I've learned most over the last while is that you don't have to explain your reasoning to everyone. And not everyone's going to understand it. And that's okay. Some people will understand it and they'll support you fully and they'll give you a lot that'll help you do it. But it's the same situation that if I were to get to a stage where I'm competing, say, on grappling competitions, like on fight pass and winning like big competitions, people would assume that it was luck and that they don't, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't actually attribute the six years of my life that since I left college to train in a full-time capacity or a fuller time capacity that like it takes a long, long, long time to, to get good at this one specific thing. And it'll be the same with uh, Aaron making videos or Ryan taking pictures and then something will snap and then it'll be of, they'll get booked for one really big person and then they'll do that. And then everyone will think, Oh wow, it's mad that you're taking pictures for this, you know, or you're doing videos for that. And it's like, no, it's, because we work very, very hard for years or until an Olympic athlete or someone comes to you personally in London and wants you to train them, you know? And it's like, like even I'll use you very quickly as that example of how bigger your business seems to have gotten just by being consistent on social media over the last 12 months. Do mm. you know, like, because you're posting about way more people now than you were 12 months ago. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but that's a good sign. Like it's a good fit, like improvement of, how in demand you are for your service, which you are committed to improving and getting better at every single day. People only see that 1%. They see the tip of the iceberg 
I, I think that's funny whenever you hear about sports stars or whatever they come out of the blue that's what yeah. your man at the Titanic said yeah <laughs> they're always like you come out of the blue and they don't see all the fucking work that came up before it and you know I think that's a we could delve into a whole rabbit hole and that side of things but uh, thanks for coming on lads I think that was a fucking a whopper of a chat um, I'm gonna I'm gonna is it oh well yeah <laughs> perfect timing Man, keep going right. there right boys um, Are you do you have any do you have any takeaway thoughts on the whole mental health and health side of things before we tip on Mr Duffy you already give us your little soliloquy we can hear yeah. the rest of <laughs> I'll leave it at that just be as true be as true to yourself as possible always try and be as true to yourself no matter what anyone says and hopefully things will always kind of work out if you stay true to yourself hopefully uh, I know Mr McGattens will be something around eating the bacon sausage buddy for breakfast every morning consistency <laughs> sorry what <laughs> eat bacon and uh, bacon and sausage buddies for breakfast equals mental health consistency that's what it is. it is the 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 sausage and bacon baps are legendary it's not about the benefit well actually it is about this small benefit for your mental health eating a nice bit of comfort food but it's also holding myself accountable to getting it uh i used to get it before training i used to always be late for training in the morning so this would make me be earlier and leave the house earlier and and go and get it so it's just about creating a habit and forming it and then so maybe a healthier breakfast option than a sausage and bacon bath on the side of the road. But <laughs> I do me, you do you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think habits habits is the big thing. Like uh, that book that I showed earlier, Atomic Habits, is probably one of the most influential books that I read. And just taking that approach with the small wins is is going to help in the long run. Just makes everything seem like it's it's more achievable. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, boys. That's us. Glad that we both said absolutely there, Ryan, instead yeah. of a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm dead on. Yeah, I always say absolutely. Hundred percent. Oh, I just said dead on there. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, we'll end with "Come on the town," and and that's it, boys. Man, that was an absolute buzz to record. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Uh, thanks to the lads for getting involved. Uh, it was great we chat and. It's always good to chat to people around the same age as yourself about things like this that generally get skipped in usual conversation. I hope you are able to pick away some some things that you can resonate with, some things you can learn from, hopefully. Remember, at the end of the day, we're all on our own wee journey. We're just four lads talking about our own experiences. If you do need professional help, go and seek it, as we mentioned. If you want to go and follow the lads, We'll start from the top. Aaron Lally is little underscore baby underscore Larry on Instagram. He has been involved in some local music videos with John Jack Riot. He's also helped out Pink Strike Punk make some great footage for Dundalk FC. And he puts up some seriously funny and entertaining videos on Instagram. So go and follow him. He's probably the best thing to happen to Dundalk since the course. So he says himself, and he helped me out a lot with getting this podcast together, getting the clips out to you lads. So thanks for that, boy. I want to thank Ryan Duffy. Uh, he's helped me with the podcast in the past, and and he's 
first person who got me onto a podcast and that was a big experience for me that kind of drove me forward and now I have my own podcast this is the 20th episode so thanks Mr Duffy for starting my career giving me a shot <laughs> Ryan is the main man at Blah Blah Studios so if you go onto Instagram the name is Blah Blah Studio underscore the man does photography he is a multimedia designer he also has his own podcast that you can have a little look at on iTunes and Spotify. Lastly, I want to thank Andrew McGatton for coming on for a wee well boy. He is a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He is the king of consistency and bacon and sausage baps. He was one of the top writers and lead interviewers with Severe MMA and then made his transfer over to The Mac Life, which is Conor McGregor's media company. He also works with, alongside, the Mary Wallopers uh, as the videographer and the man who follows them around with the camera, basically. Any of the videos you see of them having great crack, he's probably recorded it. Now, the reason why I'm telling you all this about the lads is because they're probably too modest to bring these things up themselves. So if you're interested in any of the things that they are into or that they're doing, reach out to them, get in touch. If you need some advice on getting into those particular areas, they would be great people to get in touch with. And vice versa, if you're a personal trainer or somebody who wants to start a podcast, get in touch. I'll give you any little bit of feedback, any little bit of knowledge that I've gained in my short time as a podcast host. Uh, but look, we all learn from making mistakes and I made plenty of mistakes with coaching and the podcast. So if I can pass on any lessons I've made from that, I will happily do so. Now, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to let your mates know about this podcast. Share it to your story. Especially you. You, the fucker that thinks about it every week and doesn't do it. Same thing with the podcast rating. Get your ass over to Apple Podcasts. Give it a rating. Give it a review. I know you haven't do it. You that's listening right now, even if it's your first time, get on to Apple Podcasts. Give it a five-star rating if you think it was good. Give us some honest feedback. That's how we're going to get better uh, at this podcast thing. This is how we're going to be able to give you more value, give you more lessons. And it's also going to be how other people get to listen to this podcast. So do me and other people a favor. Please give us that rating and review and use look after yourself. Thank you very much for listening.